Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the God of manna, the God of miracles, the God of mercy. Amen. the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also also with you. Now is the time we have set aside for our children's message. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 7. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. In this reading, we hear that everlasting joy will replace shame. And this theme continues on in the following verses. There are promises that God is making to those who love justice and hate evil. They shall have an everlasting covenant with God. And he will make his people famous in the world as the people the Lord has blessed. The reading then goes on with the message in verse 8 and 9. God will make righteousness and praise spring up from the land. Literally flourish. It draws on an image of planting trees, then looks to the product that that righteousness will cover the land. Because righteous people will be there serving the Lord. In this message, we really hear how we are blessed by God and we are called to spread that blessing to others. If we share what has been shared with us, God's blessings will go farther and farther. They will cover the land just like trees that you plant. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for all the blessings you have given us. And please let us share those blessings with others around us. And hopefully we can spread that blessing to the whole world. Amen. Stand as you are able and let us welcome the gospel.
John's Gospel, the feeding of the 5,000 leads to extended teaching in which Jesus identifies himself as the true bread of life. Finally, in these verses, he makes a connection that would not be understood until after his death in light of the church's celebration of Holy Communion. The Holy Gospel, according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. So this summing up of this chapter in John that we, we get a lot of because it really captures, oops, oops, a lot of the theology of, of our, our Eucharistic theology. Uh, we, we get the institution of the supper in the Synoptic Gospels, but John is really making this connection that is, is deeper and richer than telling of a story and remembering a story from year to year. It's a real integrating of the story in our beings and in our lives. Now, a couple of things. John, John uses a lot of specialized language, and you could, you could spend forever decoding the words in John because he uses words that are different from what the other writers in the New Testament use to refer to flesh and to refer to oneness and uh, to refer to abiding. So, so that's a whole study in itself. I will tell you that over and over and over again in John, we hear this sense of abiding, Jesus abiding somewhere. In the beginning of the Gospel of John, the disciples call to him and say, come and stay with us. And the word they use is come and tent with us. Come and abide with us. And Jesus uses this language in the Eucharist of abide in me and I abide in you. Tent with me. Live with me. That's, I mean, that's the sense of it. Stay with me. Again, in John, when he uses language for the disciples, stay with me. There's that language again. So abiding in John is, is really about saying that the presence is that intimate. I mean, we talk about people who are in our bubbles now, right? Who, 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 can, you, who can you share air with? Is the people that you abide with, really. There's that level of intimacy and that level of permanence. But he 
he also uses some language that we talked about this last week that's offensive. The eating of flesh and blood. Well, first of all, I, I would assume most of us know that eating blood, blood with flesh, well, eating blood at all, and certainly eating it with flesh, just isn't kosher. Right? You don't, you, the kosher laws prohibit the eating of blood and, and meat. It has to be eaten under certain circumstances. So this language about eating flesh and drinking blood is offensive. Because it's, it's challenging the Jews. Now John, John's talking about the Jews here he, because of when he's writing, starting to contrast a little bit with the Jews who, who are followers of Christ. And separating from the Jews who are Orthodox and not followers of Christ. So Christians, Christianity and Judaism is starting to separate and the communities are starting to be defined differently and to define themselves differently. So he talks about the Jews ask him, and some of that is to elicit, how can this be true when we know that's not Orthodox? It's not, it's not okay to do this. But it also challenges the Greek philosophy. Uh, there's tons of debate as to why in Proverbs wisdom is referred to as she, and it might be just as simple as, as it's a feminine word in Hebrew. But there's also an emphasis at the time of Jesus in Greek philosophy that emphasizes wisdom, Sophia, and being wise, being, uh, being wise is lifted up in much Greek philosophy as the way to salvation, the way to fullness, the way to completion, the way to, the language varies, but to righteous living is wisdom, Sophia. Well, Jesus is both challenging the Jews with the language of flesh and blood, but he is also challenging everybody else, the Gentiles, by saying, this is, this is enfleshed, this is embodied, this is, this, is, this is visceral, this is lived practically. It's not just about what you think. It's not just about what you believe and what you can analyze and the knowledge that you can gain. It's about a lived encounter with me. So it challenges all of us, depending on where, what we're emphasizing in our way of believing. And then, and then he talks about, about this, again, I and God and God sent me and you can't, you know, come to the Father. We got that last week except through me. So I want to ask you, when, when you eat something, your favorite food, everybody think about your favorite food. Okay, when you eat it, Eventually, it becomes part of you, right? The nutrition is taken out. We know the waste is, is then released from your body. But it becomes a part of you. When does it become a part of you? Is it when it, when, when, once it's in your mouth? Eh, maybe. Because I can, I can say, you know, I have this thing in my mouth. I still think of it as separate from me. Is it when it's digested? Is it when the blood's being given nutrients? Is it once it's 
completely pass through our digestive system and be processed? I would guess that most of us would say, okay, before I put it in my mouth, and even when it's in my mouth, it's not a part of me yet. It's something that is going to nourish me. And a couple days later, it is a part of me. But there's all this time in between where it's in process. It's in process of becoming part of us. Gaining new insight is a lot like that. I mean, every now and then you have a aha, and, and you understand something that you know, your parents told you your whole life, and, and that I hope everybody's had some of those where it's like, oh, that's what they were telling me for 30 years, uh, right? Um, or somebody else who's trying to form you. But a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight, a lot of learning happens gradually. We're introduced to a new concept. We get told that we have to hear something seven times before we remember it. Kind of depends on how emotional learning it is. But there's, there's being introduced to new knowledge. There's being reintroduced to knowledge. There's processing. And there's a point at which it becomes part of who you are, part of what you know, part of what you think, part of the way you interact. part of your identity. It happens the same way as eating. Can you tell what the exact moment is? Probably not. Okay, so Jesus is saying, eat my flesh, drink my blood, abide in me as I abide in you, as the Father abides in me. It's, it's a, an ongoing process. It's a being, being absorbed and digested into our person, not as a concept, but, but as a physical nourishing fact. And it's doing that to everybody else as well. It's one of the reasons when we share communion, we're talking about sharing the same bread because the same bread is nourishing, nourishing us. And that thing that was one then becomes part of us and we become part of each other until it's a physical fact of who we are. Jesus doesn't actually answer the question that the Jews ask, which is not unusual for Jesus. We have lots of stories where it says the leaders of the synagogue asked or the people asked or whatever. They ask a question and Jesus doesn't answer them. Sometimes he answers with another question. But he does say, you know, this thing that's uncomfortable for you, this thing that's challenging you, is exactly this thing that you need to digest. Because as I pour out myself for you, that is a physical fact. I am pouring out my whole self for you. I am pouring out my whole love for you. And you really are being invited to take it into your very being. And then once it becomes part of your identity, then we're called to live like that. Okay, if I have now consumed Jesus, and Jesus is part of my identity, 
how do I want to then live that fact? How do I want to live as somebody who has consumed Jesus? Because we know that grace is free, given to everybody, given the same amount. Everybody gets the same, roughly the same piece of, depending on how much I break off, roughly the same piece of bread, right? Same cup, same amount. We know that it's free. It's free. You're invited. Come. And we can't be worthy. We're called, we're called to the table and made worthy just by the invitation. But then, knowing that that's become part of us, how do we want to live? How are we called to live? How are we asked to live? How are we challenged to live? How do we dare to live with Jesus being part of who we are? How do we want other people to encounter that consumed and embodied Jesus? That's the language that Jesus is talking about here in John. So just hear the invitation and continue to let it be a part of you and let it be a part of the way you live. Abide in him as he abides in us. There is nothing greater. I invite you to stand and sing with me.
Please join me as we recite the Apostles' Creed. I believe believe in in God, God, the the Father Father, and the Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. sustained by the Spirit, we offer our prayers for the Church, world, and all of creation. God of wisdom, enlighten our Church, guide theologians, biblical scholars, authors, and seminary professors as they seek greater knowledge and invite others into deeper understanding. Teach us to ask faithful questions and open our minds to new ideas. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of creation, mend the earth, cool warming oceans and preserve melting ice caps, increase our awareness of the changing climate patterns and reveal new approaches to the ecological challenges we face. Shield those in the path of hurricanes and tropical storms. God, in your mercy, God of all nations, direct our leaders, grant them courage to lay aside political grudges and renew their determination to address difficult conflicts. Guide them in the work of reconciliation. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of compassion, tend to the wounded. Rescue those tormented by mental illness or mired in addiction. Ease the anxiety of those struggling with dementia. Come quickly to help all who are grieving and all who suffer. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of beauty, inspire artists, bless those whose visual and musical gifts enliven this assembly. Bless the creative work of poets, hymn writers, composers, painters, sculptors, and others that enrich our worship and daily life. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of wisdom, enlighten your church. Guide Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, Bishop Terry Brandt of our sister synod, the Alaska Southeast Cluster, Pastor Karen Perkins for Alaska Native Lutheran Church Anchorage. Raise up new leaders and encourage those pursuing a call to ministry. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. And for what else do the people of God pray? For the people of Haiti who suffered an earthquake, for people in Afghanistan who are experiencing great turbulence, violence. 
or watch over the children as they start school Monday they keep them safe and cold free. God of resurrection, bring us to new life. Give us the living bread from heaven through which we abide in your love. And on the last day, raise us with Mary, mother of Jesus, and all the saints to eternal life. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift these and all our prayers to you, O God, confident in the promise of your saving love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which is helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. We are now six weeks, uh, five weeks into being on the radio, and there are no market surveys in the area to give us information about who's listening and how they are experiencing the radio program. So both people who are here and those of you at home and anybody who's listening on the radio especially, we would like your feedback. So you can call, you can email. There is also a very brief survey on our website, rlcjuno.org. Just a few questions. And to help us understand what's working for you, what's not, we want this to be a, a program that really is meeting the needs of the people who are, are out there, especially not able to come into worship. So uh, we need to hear from you. Jesus, bread of life, you have set this table with your very self and called us to the feast of plenty. Gather what has been sown among us and strengthen us in this meal. Make us to be what we receive here, your body for the life of the world. Amen. Amen. Let us announce together the mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. The blessing of God who provides for us, feeds us, and journeys with us be upon you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
peace. You are the body of Christ. Thanks be to God. Mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.